You know, if there was one word from this past year that seemed to keep coming up in messages that I heard, even here, the word was shaking. The word was shaking. And uh, I don't think anybody here could deny the fact that this past year, even the past few years, it felt like there was a shaking, you know, in our, in our world, but all the way down to our lives. And we don't like shaking. We don't like when it feels like our foundation and our world is shaking because we think, oh, it's falling apart. But, and I think my mom even shared a message. She said, no, the shaking is to remove everything that we've put our trust in that isn't him. The shaking's good. The shaking is good. And what I think this next year, I'm not saying this is a prophetic word, but what I think this next year will be marked by is the shaking happen, now the realigning will happen. That there'll be a focus, a realigning to what is truly important, to what, to what God is doing. There'll be a realigning. And the other thing that I heard was that our lives, like that God wants us to be motivated by love, not by fear. That our lives will be motivated by love, not fear. Because I think if we're honest, a lot, of, a lot of our decisions can be motivated from fear or worry or concern or what are they going to think, what are people going to think, and what is the culture telling me to do. And a lot of times our decisions are shaped by that. But that's not how the kingdom works. The kingdom doesn't work that way. It works by love. It operates by love. And God, God motiv- our, our, our Heavenly Father, who's a good Father, He motivates us through love. It's not fear. It's not shame. It's not, if you don't, I'm gonna. That's not him. So I really believe that this next year, there's going to be a realigning and that we're going to find, if we'll find ourselves in that place of being motivated by love, um, we're going to see some powerful things at work in our lives and in our community, in our families. If we'll, if we'll be motivated by love and not fear, not worry, not what are they going to think and so, I'm, Lord, we thank you for the shaking that's happened. Not that it was fun, but God, the shaking removes the things that aren't you, the foundations that aren't founded on you. And Lord, we pray that this year would be marked by a realigning, that our hearts would be realigned, our focus realigned, that, and, and that that realigning especially, specifically would be that we would be motivated by love and not fear. That we'd be motivated by love, not appeasing people or pleasing people, but just that we would live to please our Father. That we live motivated by the love we receive from you. Let that be our motivation. So we just thank you for that. Thank you for what you're doing. And we just declare, I, I, let's just pray for our country. Lord, we thank you for this country that you've placed us in. It's not a perfect country, but it is an amazing country. It is an amazing country that you've given us. And Lord, we pray and we believe that you are at work in this nation. You are at work. You've shaken this nation so that the focus can be put back on you. So that we can recognize that all these things can shake, but you don't. That you are a firm foundation. You are, you are the rock on which we can build our lives. So we thank you for it. We declare over this nation that there is a realigning, a realigning, a refocusing on you, that our trust is being put back in you. 
And Lord, we thank you that it would happen in every individual heart, that it would begin to happen in, in church communities, that it would begin to happen in, in cities and towns around the nation, that there would be a realigning and a refocusing on you, the foundation that cannot be shaken, a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So we thank you for it. And we, and we decide to put our trust in you. We put our trust in you. So we just thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, why don't you turn to your neighbor and tell him something encouraging. You come up with something encouraging. Tell your neighbor something encouraging. Go ahead. Well, again, good morning. Uh, I trust that you had a, a Merry Christmas. You enjoyed the time and got refreshed and ate, obviously, plenty of sugar and coffee, hopefully. Um, but welcome back. Uh, we're going we're gonna to give you an opportunity to give this morning. Uh, if the ushers could help me, if you want to give cash and you want a receipt, you can raise your hand. You'll get an envelope, checks made to Destiny Church. You can also mail in checks. You can text to give. Um, you know, I, I like to remind myself and whoever is listening when I have the mic that when we, when we give of our finances, it's, it's just one way that we, that we have an opportunity to give of our lives. And uh, I think it is a really, really powerful way because there is something about money that wants to grab a hold of you. And so you go, no, you serve me, right? So I'm going to give. <laughs> and uh, so I think it's one way that we, we keep our hearts right. We say, Lord, you have my life and, here's, and you have it in this area too. So... Um, Love to give to what God's doing. So if you have your, your tithes, your offerings, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the gifts, and we thank you for the, the seeds that we're sowing. And with these seeds, we're saying, Lord, you are Lord of our lives. You're Lord of our finances, and we trust you. And uh, Lord, we thank you that you promise that you give seed to the sower. So as we sow this morning, we're trusting and knowing and leaning on your promise that you would give seed to the sower and that you'd give back 30, 60, and even 100-fold. So we thank you for it this morning. And uh, bless all those who are giving and those who give. And uh, we thank you for abundance in the houses. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead, ushers. You can pass the buckets. And uh, we have a testimony. Sandra is going to come up and share testimony uh, as the buckets are being passed, so. You want to sit? Okay. I don't know if the cameras will be able to see you. Good morning. Everybody knows that God's really good. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> but you know, there's miracles. I got this in the mail for Christmas, and it happened this week. On Christmas Eve morning, in the home of one of my two godly brothers... His wife did CPR on him and hollered for their daughter to call 911. 
My brother was blue and without breath. And when help arrived, he was breathing. Praise God. <laughs> After receiving excellent and caring evaluation in the ER, he was admitted to the ICU. Family members took turns, so he was always touched and encouraged and prayed for when his responses were only shaking his head, yes or no. We are also very grateful to Jesus and the body of Christ for their prayers. Yesterday, the Lord arranged... <laughs> Most of you know I'm kind of on a learning curve with all this technology. But I have family members that are millenniums or whatever you call those and can figure out all this stuff. And, and so I called it a Zoom from his room. So we could see, hear, and be with each other for Christmas. Glory to the one who's worthy. He is take, talking more and began eating last night. I know that Revelations 1.8 says that he's talking about Jesus, that he was dead, yet liveth. But it happened to him. My brother in the last three days. Okay, so Christmas Eve morning, and then Christmas Day, and so it's three days. And it's, he's, our, he's our Christmas miracle. And this... This is the verse that kept us going, kept me going, because he called me when I was in Pillager and said, I want to believe again. And this is the verse that somebody gave me that, of course, now is all highlighted. <laughs> it says, never doubt, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest dream and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. And that's for us, body of Christ, because, you know, <laughs> there's nothing I won't believe for now. The Bible says nothing is impossible to those who believe. Nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. What does, it's like all. <laughs> Where it says that he healed all diseases. Psalms 103, all. It doesn't say all except, and then list the ones that you're believing your family for. I am so passionate, like I've never been before in my life, that God is on the move, and whatever you need, whatever you ask for, he said, if you ask in my name, I will do it. So when our songs this morning were about revival, that's what revival is. It first starts with us, and then we give it away wherever God sends us. And I'm privileged to be a part of this body that believes this word. <laughs> and it says <laughs> all. My husband used to preach, what part of all don't you understand? And 14 and a half, yeah, he did. <laughs> 14 and a half years ago, God raised him from the dead. And so now, just three days ago, he did it again. So like the song we sang, do it again. Do it again, Lord. Glory be to the one that is worthy. In Jesus' name.
Thank you, Sandra. Amen. Hey, let's just pray real quick. If you're believing God for a miracle, if you're believing God for something that seems insurmountable, or just a healing, let's, let's pray. Let's grab, grab hold of, of what God did for Sandra's brother. Lord, we just thank you that, as you said in your word, um, that there is nothing impossible for you. All things are possible. So, Lord, we thank you for uh, the things that we are believing for in this, in this family here today, this church family. Lord, we thank you that you are at work. You, you hear their cries. You hear their prayers. And we believe that you are at work. It might not be in our timing, but it is in yours. So, Lord, we thank you that you're at work. And we, we pray that you would encourage people who would find encouragement this morning to continue to stand and believe for what you've promised and what they're trusting you for. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, we have a real treat today. Benji's preaching. (laughs) Kidding. (laughs) I guess he's up here to to welcome Dave with me. Dave Drexler is going to share the word this morning, so let's let's welcome Dave. Well... Praise God, I think I'm a lot better here Benji preach myself. But um, that's, <laughs> that's, God, thanks so much for being here today. And you folks online, too. Well, you know, especially this time of year, it's just good to be together with family. And um, I, got, I got a message today, you know, um, kind of goes along with what Jeremy was saying, you know. Of course, this is the last Sunday of this year, and we're going into a new year. And... Boy, if there's one thing that kind of you could say, you know, this last year of 2021, there just was a lot of uncertainty. And, you know, uh, our response is so important, I think, when we run into seasons of uncertainty. And, uh, and my response is, uh, you know, I ask the question, well, well what am I certain about? And, and that's what I'm going to be talking about today. Um, Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll be looking at uh, Romans 10, 6 through 13. And I, I'm doing that because I, I believe that this, one, this thought, those verses, are the foundation of the new covenant. You know, this is, this is our new covenant here. And I'm going to be talking about the foundations of that because that we can be certain about. And I, I just felt like I should say this this last year has been the best year of my life. And you know, there's, if you look at the atmosphere around us, why, you know, they're trying to double down on uncertainty about us going into the new year. But, you know, I'm, my response is going to be to double down on what I found in the Word of God. And so, uh, well, why don't we start with prayer, if you just would agree with me in prayer, and then, oh, we're going to, you know, it's a, it's a holiday time, but we're have about half an hour of fun in the Word of God, if you would, with me. So let's pray. Man, in Jesus' name, um, I just thank you that you promised that you would confirm your word preached, Holy Spirit, and um, with signs following. And so we, we take a hold of those signs following your word preached right now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, so, I, I, so I'm over here in Romans 10. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start out, um, be, like I said, be doing 6 through 13. You know, of course, this, um, you know, we got this in English form, and I, I, I'm reading from, uh, from the Living Bible. But actually, this was originally written in Greek. And in, in the Greek language, there are no sentences and there are no paragraphs. 
their thoughts. It's a thought-based language. And so that's why this is one thought here. And, um, and so, uh, but I'm going to start here uh, with verse 8, just to give some context, because this is the heart of this foundation. This is the Apostle Paul writing to us. In verse 8 of Romans chapter 10, why Paul says, For salvation that comes from trusting Christ, and this is the message that we preach, is already within easy reach of us. In fact, it is as near as our own hearts and mouths. For if you tell others with your own mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and believe in your own heart that God has raised him from the dead, you, you will be saved. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a couple points here that I think will make this easier to understand. You know, that something that amazes me is the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and I, I'm going to go, go right back to Jesus. You know, people have been waiting for 4,000 years for him to come to earth. You, you go to the third chapter of Genesis, and he's promised he's going to come to earth. So he, so he got here, and when he was 30 years old, why well, he announced himself as the Messiah. And, and, and the way he did that, he used Isaiah 61, verse 1 and 2. Because, you know, if you follow what he said, he, 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 he always was uh, speaking the word of God. He always was presenting himself in the Word of God. And so, uh, and, and so um, and, and we can read that in Luke 4, 18 and 19. And Jesus said this. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor, heal the brokenhearted, set captives free, open the eyes of the blind, um, uh, lift up the downtrodden, announce that today is the day of salvation, and the day when the free favors of God will profusely abound to anyone that calls on, on his name. And, you know, that's the only message Jesus preached. He, he preached three and a half years. You know, we look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and we focus on the miracles. But every miracle you'll find there, why there had been teaching and preaching beforehand. And the people um, the involved that got the miracle, they received this teaching and preaching of Jesus. And he said, your faith has made you whole. And so every message he preached for three and a half years, that was the outline to his message. And then if you go through the book of Acts, why, well, his disciples, which he commissioned to bring, to bring his message, why, that, they preached that one message. And, and they added this one thing, we're doing this in the name of Jesus, the authority of Jesus. But that was the only message they preached. So the apostle Paul shows up, because they preached to Jewish people. I know we, you know, we're we're about as far away from Jerusalem as you can get, but so it's that's kind of hard to understand. But you couldn't travel very good back then, and and so they preached primarily to the Jewish people. But the Apostle Paul come along ten years, at, nine years after uh, the day of Pentecost, and he had this encounter with Jesus on the Damascus Road, and then Paul said that he went away, and for fourteen years Jesus would come and speak to him face to face. And he gave him his message, but it was the same message that Jesus had preached uh, the three and a half years, the same message that his disciples brought. It just was translated to the world at large or to Gentiles. So that's the message that Paul brought us. Uh, salvation that comes from trusting Christ, that is a message which we preach. It, 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 it's um, already within easy reach of us, in fact, as near as our own hearts and mouths, you tell others with your own mouth that Jesus Christ is your Lord, believe in your own heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. See, the, the simplicity. 
There's one message here. This whole thing, there's a lot of details, but that's the one message. And there's, there's two parts to it. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. I mean, it's almost, and, and it's an open book test besides. You know, we got, but, 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 but that's my first point. This is the message Paul had. I mean, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. A lot of details. He's, he's settling issues in the churches that he planted, answering questions. But his, this was his message. And Paul preached a lot. Well, in fact, you know, to start, to start the church in Ephesus, why Paul preached every day for two years, six hours a day. It was almost the same thing in Corinth. A lot of teaching and preaching. Everybody that received his message got their miracle. I mean, nothing changed from Jesus to Paul. So, so that's my first point. Now, the second point is this. And this, boy, this makes, this changes everything. You know, we're, of course, we speak English. And, and, and like I read, salvation that comes from trusting Christ. And if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. When we think about salvation or we think about being saved, why, to, at least me, anyhow, it always would register in my mind, well, that means I'm going to spend eternity with God in heaven. But once again, this was written in Greek, and the Greek word for saved or salvation is sozo. And it includes spending eternity in heaven with God, but it means being made whole. Everything that Jesus came to do, good news to the poor. Well, what's good news? Let the poor say they are rich. Let the weak say they are strong. Let the sick say they are well. That's sozo. It includes peace. It includes wholeness. It includes overflowing with joy. See, for us, and boy, this hasn't happened by accident. The devil has brought us a message that we can have pie in the sky when we die in the sweet by and by. We're always trying to get to heaven. God's always trying to bring heaven to earth. And, and, and so, so it, and it just changes the meaning of this. When you hear saved or when you hear salvation, what it really is is being made whole. It's sozo. It starts right now. God wants your days on earth to be as those in heaven. And so, 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 so those couple points. I wanted to lay that as the groundwork, but I'm going to start in in verse 6. And because, and, uh, you know, Paul, um, if, if you go, all of his writings, Paul, um, he speaks and he writes as a lawyer. He's always building a case. So he'll, he'll start where we are right here, and he will always is taking his higher. So he's starting at verse 6 here, but he's leading up to verse uh, 13 in here. This is one thought foundation of the new covenant. So, so Paul says this. He says in verse 6, the salvation that comes through faith says, you don't need to search the heavens to find Christ and bring him down to help you. I'm going to stop right there. Paul's making a point here. You know, my entire life, and I've been in church my entire life, Christians have been obsessed with the second coming of Jesus Christ. And, 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 and that's the reason Paul's saying this. That you don't need to find Christ to bring him down from the heaven. The rapture doesn't need to happen for things to be good. Boy, I've heard that so much this last year. Man, we're going to suffer through here, but you know, Jesus is going to rescue us when it gets so bad. He's going to rescue us. But Paul's saying just, Paul's saying just the opposite because uh, he, he, he's right over here. The, the Word, Jesus Christ is the Word of God. 
that, that's his name, and it's near you. It's on, in your own heart and in your own mouth. Uh, but if Jesus was here physically, it wouldn't be as good because he'd just be in one place. But the Holy Spirit lives in everybody that's a son or daughter of God all around the world. And, and he always confirms the word. The Holy Spirit always confirms the word. This is Jesus. You don't need Jesus here in person. Your miracle is in the word. It's right, it's right here. That's why he says that. So, you know, you know, something that's interesting about that, too. As soon as Jesus mentioned to his disciples that he is going to ascend to heaven, you know, that he's going to be crucified, going to be resurrected, but he is coming back. I mean, the first thing they said, they got together and they wanted all the details about when he was coming and how that's all going to work out. And, but he t said to them, he said, I don't have any idea about that at all. Only the Father knows that, but th that's the wrong question. He says, when I return, will I find faith when I return? See, the whole point here is to build up your faith, and faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing the Word of God. So we don't need Jesus to come down from heaven because he's right here. He's right here in his word and his spirit is right here in our hearts to confirm the word. We just need to take a hold of this word. And then the next thing he says is this. And I mean, he's just talking to everything I've heard my entire life. He says, you don't need to go among the dead to bring Christ back to life again. Well, how many times have you heard people talk along these lines saying, man, you know, if we just could have been here when Jesus was here, we could have got our miracle then. You know, but, but that, Paul says, don't say that. Uh, you, know, the, you know, what you're really saying when someone talks along those lines is they're saying there was a day of miracles. But that's passed away. But I'm telling you, there is no day of miracles. There's a God of miracles. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Today is our day of miracles. But the miracle, once again, is in the Word. And... Uh, and, you know, besides, for, for, for God to not heal or for God to not provide, uh, he'd have to change his name. I mean, God's name is victory. God's name is healing. God's name is provision. And, and he, he's not going to change his name. Once again, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There, there is no day of miracles. There's a God of miracles, and he's ready, available to every one of us right now today. I mean, this whole morning with the, you know, with the worship and what, with what, what, what Jeremy said and what Sandra said, this has all been leading up to you receiving your miracle, what you're believing God for today. See, that's the thing that the, the, the Pharisees could not stand about Jesus. It was today. I mean, they, they were fine. Just like right now. Yeah, boy, you won't offend anybody when you start talking about, well, someday. And maybe God will. And, you know, and we'll get to heaven someday. But, boy, today. That brings things. What are you believing God for today? See, that's what Paul's talking about. And, and once again, this, this is so simple. There's only two points to this. Salvation that comes from trusting Christ. And this is the message that we preach, Paul said. You know, once again, Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. This is the message God has for us. That that is, it's already within easy reach of us. Your miracle's not a long ways away. It's right here and right here. It's within easy reach of us. For if you tell others 
with your own mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. You know, what does that mean? If Jesus Christ is the Word of God, that's his name, and we say he's Lord, that means this word has dominance over everything else. If my experience does not line up with the Word of God, my experience is wrong. If my mom and dad or grandpa and grandpa told me something that doesn't, life advice that doesn't line up with the Word of God, they're wrong. If the best preacher in the country is telling me something that doesn't line up with the Word of God, they're wrong. That's what it means to say that Jesus Christ is Lord. If my circumstances, if the things I see do not match the Word of God, then my circumstances will change if, this, if Jesus Christ is Lord. Because this has dominance over everything else. But I say that with my mouth. And, and I'm saying with my mouth what I believed in my heart, that God has raised Jesus from the dead. This word is alive, and it's for today. It's not just written word, it's rhema word, the living word of God today. That's what it means to say that God raised Jesus from the dead for you and me. And everything we want from God is right there, and it's that easy. What we say with our mouth and what we believe in our heart and when, of course, when we do that, our actions are going to follow. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. But we need to say what God says and have that come out of our heart. You know, that's why David said in the Psalms, Thy word have I put in my heart that I might not sin against you. You know, Paul said anything that's not done in faith is sin. So anything we do outside of getting it out of the word I mean, that's what sin is. I mean, we, we, we got great imaginations about all these physical details about sin, but sin is simply anything that's not done in faith, and faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing the Word of God. So, so, so Paul goes on, and, and, and once again, he's building a case. He's getting more extreme every verse here. He says, For it is by believing in his heart that a person gets in covenant with God, and with his mouth, he tells others of his faith, confirming his salvation. See, when we take a hold of this word, why we're entering into covenant with God. Our identity is in Jesus Christ when we invite Jesus to come into our life. And, but, but that's how we get in covenant. And God will never go back on his covenant. And th there's almost 9,000 promises in the word of God because uh, God wanted to make sure that he had several of them for everything that we would ever want in life, everything we would ever face in life. And Paul is saying here that if we will believe those promises, what promise do you, what are you believing God for today? Find that promise in the word and you believe that in your heart because God is never, never lies. In fact, all of creation is held together by the integrity of God's word. If God would ever not do something he said, why, there, there'd be no sky or stars or earth. It's all held together by the integrity of God's word. So how can we believe something different than what God says in his word? I mean, once again, if my experience does not line up with the word of God, it's because my experience is wrong. If what someone has told me does not line up with what I can read, Right? And it's so simple. It's, that's why God made it so simple. 
In fact, if I can't tell this to a child and have them grab a hold of it, then I told them wrong because Jesus said, you got to become as a child to enter the kingdom of heaven even. This is so simple. Like I said, one message and two points to it. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. You get in covenant with God, and then your, your salvation is confirmed. Uh, you, uh, confirming his salvation. Your healing is confirmed. Your prosperity is confirmed. Your peace is confirmed. Your joy is confirmed by believing the word of God in your heart and saying it with your mouth. Boy, it's so simple. It's so simple. We've let other details get in. It's death by distraction. We, we've let ourselves focus on other things. This is the message that Jesus gave Paul to write to us. And so, so let me go on in verse 11. Once again, Paul's building more. It says this, For the scriptures tell us that no one who believes in Christ will ever be disappointed. I want to read that again. For the scriptures tell us that no one who believes in Christ will ever be disappointed. And, I, and I'm going to say something now. And please, you know, people face, man, the problems that people face are just ama overwhelming, amazing. If you talk to people and, and, uh, and, and, and I'm full of compassion. And I've experienced all of the above just about. But I'm telling you, the only way out is to believe in your heart the word of God and confess with your mouth. It doesn't do any good for me to feel sorry for you. The only answer here is if I can convince you that what God says is true, and if you'll just say it in agreement with him, that you'll walk out of it. And I know what I'm talking about. I've walked out of some stuff. But, 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 but that's why Paul says this. No one who believes in Christ will ever be disappointed. I mean, take a hold of this word today. Yeah, it might not be a magic wand where it happens before you leave the building, but you can walk out of whatever it is you're in if you stay grounded on this foundation, that I believe in my heart what God says and that this is alive for me today, and I say with my mouth in agreement with him that this is the way it is. God's word, Jesus Christ is Lord. God's word has dominance over every other thing. And then he goes on and says, and well, everyone is the same in this respect. They all have the same Lord who generously gives his riches to all those who ask him for them. See, I'm just reading you one promise after another. So just as Sandra said, nothing's impossible with God because he generously gives his riches to all those who ask him for them. He's always got more than enough of what you want, more than enough of, of what you need, and he generously gives those riches to you when you ask him for them. Well, you know, if I, like I mentioned before, I've been in church all my life, and I look back on the sermons I've heard, and I could, I mentioned too that there's almost 9,000 promises in the Word of God for you and me. I could disqualify myself from every one of those promises if I paid attention to the sermons I've heard throughout my life. But I'm telling you, there is no disqualification. This is for everyone. That's, what Paul, that's why I said everyone is the same in this respect. They all have the same Lord. 
who generously gives his riches to all those who ask him for them. And then the, he concludes like this. He says, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved, sozos, made whole, healed, prospered, have more than enough, get rid of depression, live in peace, have those, be at peace with those relationships. Boy, what do you want from God today? It's a guarantee. The reason I started out with, you know, what, what can I be sure of? Well, I mean, we could argue about a lot of different, different doctrines and stuff in Scripture that people come up with, but this is the message that Paul brought to you and me directly from Jesus Christ. And there is no argument here. There, there is no uncertainty. There is no disqualification. There, there, there's no gray areas here. So I'm going to have the band come up now and we're going to worship together for a song here. But while we're doing that, man, we're going into a new year. What do you want to see God do in your life this year? Well, you can't ask too big for God. He wants to do more than we can ask, think, or imagine. So don't limit what you're asking for. Because, man, I spent the last half an hour telling you it's a guarantee. Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will get whatever they ask him for. If we believe what he says in our heart and give his word dominance over everything else in our life, would you stand and we'll worship together?
This whole service is about this moment right now. I, I asked you to come up with what you wanted from God right now for this year. The Word of God is living, alive right now. It's been raised from the dead. It's alive. This is God's Word to you. If we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth, we'll have whatever it is we want. Nothing's too hard for God. He's for you. He's just looking to show Himself strong on your behalf. He delights when you take a hold of your miracle. So we're going to pray together in agreement. And we pray in agreement why Jesus is right here in the midst to bring about whatever we ask him for. So as I, as I lead us in prayer, why you name what it is you want from God. And then when you get done, when you leave here from this service, it's so easy right now. You can just talk to your phone and ask for Bible promises, Bible verses about what it is that you want, that you ask God for. We'll get you just a few of them, even if you just get one. And stand on that one. And whatever anything else says, whatever you see, whatever the symptoms are, whatever report is, God's has Jesus has preeminence. His word, He is the Word of God. He has preeminence. Would you do with that with me now? In Jesus' name, we just agree together. We're your sons and daughters coming here. And and, and, and your sons and daughters are asking you right now for what it is they want right at this time in life and what it is they want going into the future this next year. Thank you, Jesus. We're in covenant. We're in covenant with you, God. You'll never go back on that covenant. So we're going we're gonna to give your word preeminence. Your word has the answer. We're going to believe what you say in your word. And we're going to say what you say in your word. And as we do that, we'll receive, we'll take hold of that thing that we named. I thank you, God, oh man, you're a good God. I'm, I just celebrate with your sons and daughters right now, them getting what they asked you for. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, man, thanks so much for coming to church today. Um, you know, especially the day after, after Christmas. Thank you so much. We have prayer counselors here. If you would like further prayer about anything, they'll agree with you. Pray the prayer of faith. But thank you for coming. Man, you have a great week. And, and as you celebrate the new year beginning here at the end of this week, why, why, man, just blessings on every household here. Thanks.